Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Today I want to tell you that one of the greatest things that is missing in this moment of which we are living in is the ability to have relationships the way we used to have relationships. I will say this now that I'm that I understand why and I'm not saying it's wrong. I mean we need to be smart and we need to care about the safety of others. Can I get an amen? But in the midst of it many things have been dropped. Many things we now are being told there's a new normal. One of the new normals is things that were, have been common for centuries within the body of Christ, such as gathering not just in the temple, but house to house, fellowshipping, breaking bread with each other. Can I get an amen? Were hallmarks of the church. One of the greatest things that a church could ever do is to have small groups. And small groups are essential to what God wants to do in the kingdom. Acts chapter 2 said when they began the church, they, they daily went to the temple and went house to house breaking bread and doing life with each other. People are afraid to do life with each other now. So I want to say to you that we've prayed extensively about how we're going to do this. And do we have all the answers? No. Uh, but, but we feel that in 21, one of the things that we need at Solid Rock Church, the body of Christ needs, is a reaffirmation of small groups. So we are launching, relaunching our small groups. We call them rock groups, solid rock groups. And we are relaunching them, and, and we have uh, an idea of what that's going to look like, but we're also understanding that it's pliable and we're going to adjust to whatever we need to adjust to. But I believe that it's time that we reconnect with people and make sure that people know how much they are loved, how much they are missed. People are falling through the cracks. People who, who call this their church have slipped through the cracks because we've lost that ability to stay connected with them. So I want you to know that when we relaunch our small groups, we are immediately following service today. If you have ever led a small group, ever in the past, we want you to be in that meeting because you know where we've been and what it takes to lead a small group. That doesn't even necessarily mean that you have to lead another one in this next semester. But we need you in there to help uh, facilitate some of the others that might be thinking about it. If you've ever desired at all used by God beyond what, what's happening in your life now, I'm encouraging you to be in that, in that meeting. It's going to be immediately following service right out the door inside the Solid Rock Cafe. I will be leaving this meeting. It will be very short. You can wear your mask, separate as, as much as you possibly can. But we're going to have a very, very short meeting. We're just sort of going to cast a vision because we've got to do something. Now, you're, you've, you, let me just tell you how our small groups work. Our small groups are what we call free market groups, meaning just like in the economy, a free market economy says what the market dictates is what survives. 
you know, uh, at one time the market dictated rotary phones, right? How many knows nobody's making rotary phones anymore because the market is not there for it? Are you hearing me? So what we do is we try to encourage people to find something that people enjoy doing. And let's make a group out of it. If you like to work on cars, uh, if you are knowledgeable in working on cars, have a small group where you get together and you teach folks how to do simple things like change the tire, change the oil, or maybe uh, do a tune-up. And while you're doing it, you just talk about the gospel and just do life together. If you like to go shopping, come on, somebody. Uh, then, then, you know, some of you ladies or whatever, some of you guys might like to shop. But, but you go and you shop, and then you go grab your bite to eat, and you sit down and you talk about the Lord. If you like to watch movies, you get together and you watch movies, and at the end of the movie, you try to find some principles of the kingdom in the movie and have a Bible study. Find something fun. If you like to go bowling, we've had that group before. Different things, safe things to do. Think of some safe things to do and, and where you can pour into another generation. And then just start a group around it. You don't have to be a Bible teacher. Now, if you want to have a Bible study, you can have a Bible study. You want to have a prayer group, you have a prayer group. But we have multiple types of groups. And I always say it this way. If you can't find a group that's doing something that you love, then you start a group. So, so listen, just be in that meeting afterwards. Let me read something to you very quickly. This is so powerful about the power of relationships in small, intimate settings. This was, this was a statistic in 2019. It's very rare that you get statistics that close to the year in which you're in. In 2019, there was a survey over thousands of Christians, born-again Christians, uh, new believers, that were asked this question, what or who was responsible for you coming to Christ? I'm going to read that again. What or who was responsible for you coming to Christ? This was in 2019, new Christians. Listen to this. One percent said I had a special need and someone helped me. Two and a half percent said, only two and a half percent said I, I just walked into a church one day and got saved. Five percent, and I'm okay with this, y'all. Five percent said because of a pastor. Only five percent got saved because of a pastor. Two percent because somebody knocked on their door and visited them. My eyes ain't working real good, y'all. 5% said, I gave my heart in a Sunday school class to the Lord. Now watch this. This is shocking. 0.5, a half of 1% said I got saved in an evangelistic crusade or revival. Half of 1%. Churches spend most of their time trying to have crusades, and a half of 1% came to know the Lord. They built, they spend thousands and thousands of dollars on church programs. 3% said a church program that they liked, they got saved. 82% said I was led to the Lord through a friend or a family member who shared the gospel with me. 82 2% came to know Christ from an intimate personal relationship. Do you think that it's time for us to make sure
that we find a way to not lose that. And one of the things we're going to talk about today in that meeting is that if you want to have an online small group, you can. You've all learned how to use Zoom. Come on by now. Sandy asked me when I told her that. She's like, whose Zoom account are they going to use? I said, baby, I think everybody's got a Zoom account right now. Uh, if they don't have one by now, they can get one easily. But if you want to have an online group where y'all just meet and everybody's popped up on the screen and y'all are just connecting and sharing a devotional, praying for each other, doing something fun, do an online small group. Are y'all hearing me, church? But do something. Look at your neighbor and tell them, do something. So I spent a little more time on that than I wanted to, but that's, that's important. Let's do that afterwards. But right now, i got to preach the gospel. Y'all ready? Let's get our Bible. Let's, let's stand up on our feet. Let's hold our Bible up right now. Come on, i got a word for y'all today. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We're going to say our confession right now. Y'all know how it goes. Hold your Bible up and say it as loud and proud. I believe the Bible was written and preserved. Over a thousand years for me. Come on, I can't hear you. It is relevant to me and it is intended for me. I believe I can do everything it says I can do. I believe I am everything it says I am. It is now time for me to receive the anointed preaching and teaching of God's word. I will listen. I will retain. And I will allow the word of God to change me and make me into the person God desires for me to be. I am a leader. I will take notes because all great leaders take notes. You can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. I'm in part two of a series called Hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is 2020. I'm talking about what did we learn looking back over this 2020 perfect vision, 2020 clarity year, 2020. I'm telling you what, we, some things we learned, we're glad we learned them. A lot of things we learned, we wish we didn't learn them. Come on. How many of us, how many would like to put some of the stuff back in the box? Some of it you didn't want to see. But you know what? Even if it, though you didn't want to see it, you needed to see it. We needed to see the condition of this country. We needed to see the condition of the church. We needed to see the condition of our family. We needed to see the condition of our walk with God. Because many of us thought we knew what things looked like, but we saw very quickly that everything that we thought we knew was not the way we thought we knew them. How many knows everything that glitters is not gold? Every person that you thought would be in your life forever is not always going to be in your life. How many knows some of your friends that you've been friends for years because of political decisions, because of political choices, because of, of choices that you make with your family that, that would before would have not mattered at all many of you have lost friends many of you have had people that have been in your life for years you they, they don't want to have anything to do with you and i got news for you right now some of you have made a decision to cut those people off because they don't agree with you politically or they don't agree with you ideologically and let me tell you something there's something to be said about uh, negative people sucking you down into the valley and some people you need to you know dust your feet off and move on i understand that but if you have made a decision to walk away from someone simply because they might not agree with you on every line and every jot and tittle, let me tell you something, that is not the heart of God. 
Oh, I wish I had somebody that would help me on a January, on a Sunday in 2021. Can I tell you that everybody don't have to agree with you for you to walk in agreement. Y'all didn't get that. Hey, I can walk with my brother and they don't have to agree with me on everything. My God, I got friends who are Auburn fans. I mean, I mean, how much grace can you give? How much mercy can you give? Hallelujah. I even got a friend that's an Ohio State friend. <laughs> I'm praying for you, brother. Hindsight. Everybody say hindsight. It's 2020. You know why they say that? Hindsight, looking back through something that you've lived through, is 2020. It's a duh statement because duh, you know exactly what it looked like because you've been through it. But hindsight is not just the ability to look back and know what you've gone through. For a child of God, hindsight should be to look back, evaluate, and learn. Is this microphone working? The word hindsight is understanding of a situation or event only after it has happened or developed. Now you may not want to call 2020 a benefit, but we have the benefit of looking at 2020 in our rearview mirror. We've learned some things from 2020 that we needed to learn. As I told you last week, if you were in here, if this is your first time with us, you can go back and watch last week's message. Listen to it on the podcast. But I told you that, that famous scripture that's in Proverbs that says, without a vision, the people perish. How many of us know I'm talking about that scripture? That's the King James Version that everybody's quoted for years. Without a vision, the people perish. And there's nothing wrong with the King James Version because it's a powerful proclamation. But sometimes you got to look at the original words in the original Hebrew and Greek to find out what was said in the original letter that was being written. In the original letter that was being written, that word vision is the word prophetic utterance or revelation with a prophetic voice. Without a prophetic voice or revelation, the people perish. That word perish means to cast off all restraint and run wild. So when you understand something, you look around at, at the United States of America and the whole world for that matter but we're going to talk about the United States of America today and that is this without a prophetic utterance without a revelation of Holy Ghost wisdom the, and someone proclaim, proclaiming that and speaking the, the kingdom of God over a generation the people will cast off all restraint and run wild does it not look like we have fulfilled that scripture does it not look like we have a nation that has cast off all restraint and is running wild doing whatever they want to do fearing no consequences destroying property attacking people having no value of life killing people are y'all awake this morning I thought I had a church that was with me I'm, this ain't a political message I'm telling you on every side of the aisle no matter what letters at the end of your name people have lost their mind And people in the church are condoning insanity. Is this microphone working? Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. 
We wonder why we wonder why demonic activity is acting the way it is. It is because the demons are operating in a spirit and a sphere of witchcraft. I'm telling you, some of the biggest places I see this spirit of witchcraft operate is in the church. Rebellion against leadership. Rebellion against people who's trying to help you. You call it your free will. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, okay, whatever. I can't tell you what to do and make you do it. That's up to you. But listen, if God's trying to speak to you through your pastor into your life, you need to have a teachable spirit about you and guard yourself against a spirit of witchcraft. That's exactly what it is. Rebellion is witchcraft. We have rebellion in this land. I'm talking about in the church. Rebellion against the church. I could care less if you rebel against a Republican or a Democrat. I'm, listen, when I get to heaven, there ain't no donkeys and, and, and elephants going to be on the Lamb's book of life. It's going to be the, whether you gave your life to Jesus. That's going to matter. Y'all going to come back next Sunday? There's no respect for life. Violence is everywhere. No respect of property. No respect of space. A sense of entitlement. That anything anybody wants to do. That no one can hold them accountable. I got news for you. You're going to be held accountable. Huh? You're going to be held accountable. Your mayor might not hold you accountable. Your governor might not hold you accountable. Your president might not hold you accountable. But there is a God that's going to hold you accountable. The Bible says you will give an account for every word, every idle word that proceeds out of your mouth and every action. People can't disagree anymore. I mean, I'm telling you what, I was raised in a generation, I had friends my whole life that I disagreed with. But we still hung out, went fishing together, played football together, played Nintendo together. I'm going to date myself here. Played Atari 5200 together. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. You, you think you, you, y'all think y'all are gamers. Y'all ain't no gamers. I mean, we, you, you ain't a gamer unless you had to punch in letters and, and, and code and make your game. Me and Delane made a game. And that was back in the day when they didn't have no hard drive to store it. And all your, life, all your day, you worked all day long to make that game. And we made this little triangle that sort of looked like the asteroid game. And we had that thing moving. But as soon as you turn it off, gone. But we didn't care. We were gamers. We were coders. I don't know where that came from. I want to tell you something. It's 11-11. If you need to take a pill. Some of y'all think so much about 11-11. Because y'all see that on your phones. You think God's speaking through you through 11-11. There it is. It's 11-11. What is the Lord saying? I'm going to tell you something you ain't going to like. But here it goes. You ready? Am I your pastor? Here it goes. You need to know 
that things are about to get much worse in the natural before they get better. That's not tied, that statement, because I it's just so sad that now because of social media and the spirit of offense that people walk in that you have to qualify every statement you say. But so let me qualify that. That statement is not based on any election or voting. That statement is based on the word of God. God has told us that is what is about to happen. Now, in the natural, I'm just trying to prepare y'all. How many of those I'm going to preach, but sometimes I just need to talk to you. Y'all want me to huck a buck and spin around, like, spin around like a helicopter in the Holy Ghost chicken? Will that make you happy? Or do you want to hear something that the Spirit of God needs to say to you? The crackdown on speech, listen to me, is not about Trump. It's not about conservative voices. It's not about liberal voices. It is about ultimately, step by step by step, to shut the church up. Has, listen to me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're not going to like it. Some of you going to, I hope you come back, but you're going to need to hear this. God began to show me something this week. When this pandemic first started, this is what everybody told us. Granted, the voices that told us are atheist voices. People, not all scientists are atheists. Many scientists are true, true believers. But many, many of the, in the science world, especially at high levels of science world, think we're a bunch of idiots. Right? That we believe some fairy tale. This is what those voices that do not believe in God told us. We're not telling you to stop having church. You, you continue to have church. Just do it online. The technology is there for you to sing together, worship together, preach together. You can ha still have tithe and offerings. You can give. You can, you can be a church online. So the church said, well, we want to be good to people. We want to take care of people. So we, we want to honor authority. So we'll do that. Because yeah, you're right. And all of a sudden, the mindset of many pastors went crazy because they start seeing 700, 800 views when their church runs 30. And, and then all of a sudden, people start, I start seeing pastors posting things like, well, I'll be honest with you. Almost trying to be kidding. I don't know if I really want to go back to in-person services because we're reaching more people now than we've ever reached before. Stay with me. It's quiet because you're taking it in. Now, here we are. January of 21. Do you realize? Blink your eyes and it's going to be March. And in March is when many churches, including this church, closed their doors for the concern of the safety of people doing the best thing we could. But here's the thing. Shockingly, this might shock you, many, 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 many churches have still not gone back to service. So we're about to come up on a year 
where some churches have not gone back to service. I'm not judging you if that's you. I'm just trying to make an observation point here. Let me show you what's happening when either you're angry or you're rejoicing when you start to see technology platforms enforcing who can speak on them and who can't. Let me tell you what, what you need to see. You need to be able to be a strong enough, mature believer to look beyond this moment. Listen, I'm trying to tell you something that I, that I'm, I hate this is going to happen, but for some of you, you're going to get offended by what I'm about to say. And, but then down the road, not too long from now, you're going to have to come back and say, I remember when Pastor Raglan said that, and it absolutely happened exactly the way he said it. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. We have now convinced an entire generation of believers to be comfortable with every aspect of church behind a screen. They've now disconnected themselves from relationships. And now that has become church to them, not at times, not when they're in quarantine, not when they're trying to be safe because they had, uh, you know, contact with someone. That's all wisdom. But they've just now got to a place where if they were honest, there's nothing in their family. There's no reason for it. They've just convinced themselves this is just as good. But here's my question. What's going to happen when those that are in power decide to say things like this? If you preach from the pulpit that abortion is wrong, I'm turning you off. If you preach from the pulpit that you are not judging or being hateful to anyone, you just stand for the original idea of what a family looks like in the eyes of God and that's what you're going to promote in your church in a loving way you're not going to hate anyone but you're going to stand for the principles of the, of the way God created the family hate speech you're gone are you hearing me I don't have the right to tell Facebook YouTube whoever they must let me preach the word of God. They have the ability not only to ban Christianity in general, they have the ability to ban specific ministries. They can simply turn off like a light switch. Solid Rock Church. Are y'all hearing me? And many who have made Solid Rock Church their church, and then watch online only, let me ask you a question. What are you going to do at that point? We have become too reliant on technology. Thank y'all. We've become too reliant. See, while you think the devil is shutting stuff down on social media. Let me tell you what is happening. God is proclaiming, I'm tired of sharing my glory with something that glows. I'm the one that's supposed to be glowing in your life. I'm tired of sharing my glory with a TV screen. I'm tired of sharing my glory with an iPad. I'm tired of sharing my glory with your iPhone 
Are y'all hearing me? I'm telling you right now, God is calling the people of God back to a relationship with Him where we are on our face before Him, where we are talking to Him one-on-one without technology. You've got to ask yourself a question today. Could you serve God? Could you even stay sane without this? When's the last time you got down the road, two, three miles down the road, and realized you forgot your Bible or your journal? And you was already late, but you turned around and went all the way back home to make sure you got your journal that you put that you forgot to write. You turned all the way around to go back and get your leather-bound Bible that your mama gave you that you used to highlight, that you used to write in. But I'm gonna tell you something: you get down the road and you remember that you forgot your phone, you will move heaven and earth. Can I get somebody to help me? You'll turn around, you'll you you'll try to find a way to message your boss and make up some kind of lie about why you gonna be late something about traffic something about storms something about but what it was all about was you couldn't make it through the day without your phone would to God that we would treat God the way we treat our phones <laughs> oh I feel good and I knew that I would now see here's what's happening Acts chapter 2 is when the church began. Because I'm preaching today, what did we learn about the church? Hindsight's 2020, all the way back to Acts chapter 2. We can learn something from the original church. When they all came in one mind and one accord, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. One accord. Psalm 133 said, How beautiful it is when my brethren dwell together in unity. Unity. You know what I love about that word unity? The original word wasn't unity. The original word was harmony. Harmony. How beautiful it is when my brethren dwell together in harmony. You know what I'm about to do, Anthony? Get ready. Hit me a C chord. Just a C note, C note, C note. Turn it up, turn it up. Just go ahead and bang out Amazing Grace just on that, on that note. Just on that note, just that note, just that note. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved that's pretty boring give me two chords of that root two notes of that root chord Hmm. finish out the chord give me left hand and right hand see oh did y'all hear that Mm. now watch this now as he plays not only is there one accord, how I many of each chord on a keyboard or any instrument is made up of multiple completely different sounding notes. On their own, they sound good. But when you find another note to hook up with, come on somebody. When you find a few more notes to, to, to go arm and arm, oh, 
here's you want to get a word right now you'll get a word for this nation some notes are black some notes are white oh come on you hear me oh but they're all on the same keyboard when the black notes play with the white notes come on ow when the flat notes play with the sharp notes something happens something happens it goes from just a few individual notes to a song that'll make you want to Everything you just heard on every instrument is, a ma- is made up of notes to make a chord. Here's the problem with when you are all about yourself. Your song sounds like that. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I found was blind, but now I see. When we, huh? Is there any wonder that we're talking about a nation that seems like a bunch of mind numb robots? Oh, whatever you say, I will do. Whatever you say, I will do. Whatever you say, I will do. This is the thing that we're supposed to be angry about. I'm so angry today about this. I'm so angry about, about this. Oh, wait a minute. We're through with that one. Here's your another one. Okay, and now I'm angry about this. Now I'm angry about this. Huh? There's a herd mentality, which is not really necessarily bad because we're sheep. We're supposed to be a herd. We're supposed to be together. The difference is, he says in John 10, I'm getting all over the place. Sorry back there, media stage. But I'm all over the place right now. But in John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. See, we're all sheep. The problem is, who is the shepherd in your life? Who is the voice in your life? We are now in a generation... To be honest with you, we don't know what to believe is real and what is not real. Because we can be fooled on every level. When's the last time you watched a movie, science, sci-fi movie or something with CGI in it? It's got so good now, you don't know what's real and what's fake. And if you've ever seen those things they call deep fake, anybody know what I'm talking about? They can literally put your face on anybody else's body. And they can talk, they can, they can walk around, maneuver, and you'll never know, the world would never know that that person is not you. It's insane technology. So therefore, let me just be real with you. I don't mean to get too deep conspiracy theory up here, y'all, and freak everybody out, but the truth is, we don't even know if some of the people talking to us on TV are even real. We don't know. I think all of y'all are real. Who knows? You might be a clone or something. Do you even know if I'm real? (laughs) Shoot your neighbor with that finger pistol gun. There you go. It's me. The first church was birthed in unity. Psalm 133, that that scripture about harmony says, 
It is there. Everybody say there. It is there that I will command my blessing. The blessing is commanded on unity, not disunity. Not chaos. Not, not division. Let me tell you something. Remember, without a vision, the people perish. A vision. A. Singular. A vision. You can't have many visions. You can have many goals, but you can't have but one vision. You hear me? Anything above a vision is division. Die meaning divided, two or more. Division. So disunity is anti-unity. So if there at unity and harmony is where he commands the blessing, oh, y'all ain't going to like this. Those that are in chaos, rebellion, and disunity is where he commands the curse. Or he releases the curse to be active and operational. Listen, there is no shock to the believer of what is happening all around the world and in our country now. It is because the church has chosen the route to become more like the world instead of trying to get the world to be more like the church. I, listen, I, I got, my dog will help me preach. I'll go home and preach to AJ if y'all don't want to help me preach this morning. Am I preaching right, Brother Richard? Come on. Listen to what the Word of God says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, brethren, how many of us, when he says brethren, he ain't talking to the world. He's talking to the church. Remember what I told you the other night? I told you that famous verse in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that we always quote over a nation. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, turn, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear their cry from heaven, come down and heal their land. You ever heard that before? Say amen. But here's the problem. The church keeps speaking that over a nation of heathen. He wasn't talking to the heathen. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, Jesus Christ, come on, y'all hear me. Believers in Jesus called by my name shall humble themselves and pray you want to heal the nation you need to humble yourselves and pray you want God to heal this nation you need to seek God's face you want God to heal this nation you church need me need to turn from our wicked ways the world's just a reflection of the church I know if every year, you, if you're new to our church, Sunday's the month that the pastor's going to give you that positive message where he's going to tell you how to lose weight. He's going to tell you how to be awesome and great and wonderful and be your best person now. I'm trying to help you do that. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 says, Now, brethren, everybody say brethren. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you, Watch this. Not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit, by word, or by letter, as if from us, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Listen to what. I mean, this is so amazing. This was written over 2,000 years ago. This is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, don't be shaken in your mind are troubled. Watch this. Either by spirit, demon spirit, by the word of someone else, things that they say, 
or by letter. I thought, because they didn't have social media back then. Remember the days not long ago? Remember the good old days when you used to read newspapers? So there was a day not long ago that the way people got their information was purely through letter. So Paul is saying in the last days, you're going to have to understand something. The world is going to try to shake you in mind and in spirit, trouble you in your mind by the demonic spirits that are operating in this world, by the words and actions of other people, and by the letters or the information that you're being overloaded with. It's all intended to trouble you and shake you. Remember Hebrews chapter 12 says in that last day, yet once more will I shake the earth, but also heaven. Come on, you hear me? He says, and in that day, that last generation will be shaken until everything that can be shaken will be shaken until that which cannot be shaken remaineth. Somebody put your hand up right now and say, I declare I will not be a part of the shaking. Let me tell you how, how you can follow through with that and mean that and actually walk through that. Your house, your family, your marriage, your life has to be built on the rock. It cannot be built on the sand because when the storms come, let me tell you something, they're coming. They've come before, but they're coming like you ain't never seen coming. There's persecution coming. I'm telling you, we ain't even seen persecution, but you better know something. We're about to see persecution. And I'm telling you what, the church in America is about to begin to experience some things that people in other countries have been experiencing for years. We don't know how good we got it. Come on. Amen. For the religious freedom that we have to be able to even do what we're doing now. There's going to come a shaking. There's a sifting. But the purpose is not to destroy you. The purpose is to create a remnant that will stand up and say, oh, you can trust in chariots and horses. Oh, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. Come on somebody. I tell you right now I thank God for a stimulus check. But I don't need a stimulus check to know that God has got me. I tell you, he's got me in the good days. He's got me in the bad days. He's got me when the stock market is soaring. He's got me when the stock market is crashing. He's got me when unemployment is up. When unemployment is down. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. My God, my praise ain't determined by checking the mail. My praise ain't determined by how I feel in my knees and my leg and my back. I might be hurt from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. But I'm still going to get up with every power that's within me. And I'm going to say, thank you, God. You got me up another day. You stood me up on my feet. You gave me another day to praise you. And I'm going to praise you. No matter what it looks like, I'm going to praise you. No matter what I feel like, I'm going to praise you. No matter what they tell me on the news, no matter what I hear in the spirit from the devil, no matter what I hear somebody say, no matter what the letter of the law tries to tell me, I'm going to praise you, Lord. Ain't nobody taking my praise. Ain't nobody taking my praise. I own the God. You might hold you might own one or two cows and think you somebody, but I serve a God who owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He don't just own the, own the cattle. He owns the hill. He owns the dirt. He owns the grass. He owns... My God's the God.
serve a God that looked at nothing and spoke to nothing. It had to become something. My God looked at the voidness of nothing when darkness was upon the face of the deep. It's without form and void. Ain't no light anywhere. Oh, what we're going to do? Ain't no light. God said, well, ain't no light. I'll just make light. Let there be light. Boom. There was light. My God cannot lie. Whatever my God says comes to pass. I'm going to blow y'all's mind when I say what I'm about to say now. And I'm almost through. Watch this. God cannot lie. Watch this. That means if he says something, that in the natural ain't true. The moment he says it, it becomes true. Even before he said it, if somebody else said it, it would be a lie. Let me give you an example. There is no cure for filling the blank disease. God said, if I want to heal somebody of that disease, I say they're healed. And everything else the doctor said before just become naught because God stepped in and changed the situation. See, that's why the Bible said, whose report you going to believe? See, the, the greatest ultimate goal of the devil is to divide. Because we can't do anything kingdom divided. He wants to divide us racially. He wants to divide us ethnically. He wants to divide us social, uh, I'm, I can't say words, sociologically. I got close. He wants to divide us economically. You on that side of the track, I'm on that side of the track. Huh? Are y'all hearing me? Looking down at people. He wants to divide us politically. He wants us to divide us along denominational lines from within the church. He, he wants to divide us on music style. Preaching style. Everywhere you turn, he's trying to divide us. That's what he was doing in the garden. Trying to divide God from man. But before he ever divided God from man, he divided Eve from Adam. He spoke to Eve and assert the authority in which God had placed in. He's always trying to pit one against the other. He overrode the authority of Adam. For those of you who are blind like me, you probably back there going, what is he trying to hit? I didn't see nothing. It was an attack of a killer something. I don't know what it was. Listen, y'all with me? 1139. Is there spiritual significance in 1139? Ooh. One plus one is two. You add another one that becomes three. If you nine is Three, six, and nine. And I hear the word six. That could almost be like the mark of the beast. Wow. 
So, one thing I'll never forget when I have hindsight of 2020, one thing I'll never forget as a pastor, is watching the president, his uh, group or whatever he had about the, the virus, and then our governor and all the way down to mayors of Republicans and Democrats talking about these words, essential and non-essential. Remember those? Essential workers, non-essential workers. And I, and I, remember, the, I remember what that meant. I, and I was in agreement. I mean, there's certain things that no matter what, come war, come famine, come pestilence, come pandemic, you got to eat, right? You got to go place to climb food. So I understood what they were trying to say. But I'm telling you, I was blown away when I went to the website of, of the government and it had three columns. And there was, there was the essential, there was the somewhat essential, limited availability, and then there was the non-essentials. Nobody in that, in that office thought enough, had a hindsight enough about them to say, we need to call it something else. This is not going to, to age well. That you're going to list people's businesses that they have literally their life, blood, sweat, and tears sacrificed their whole life to build. And you're going to look in the camera and tell them they are not essential. We need to try to get that same point across, but let's call it something else. But nobody thought that way. So we saw in the non-essential, we saw things like movie theaters, tattoo parlors. Some of y'all think that's essential. Uh, multiple different things. It was on there for a blip. And then somebody thought, we need to take this off. But in the list of non-essentials, for a brief moment, I saw it. Worship centers were in the same category. In fact, the category uh, movie theaters was listed above worship centers. When I saw that, I thought, okay, I know somebody's going to catch that and pull that down. But what I've always thought, I now have proof that Caesar mm, does not consider what we do to be essential anymore to the, to the community. How many knows when, when there was a day not long ago that the church, the local church, was one of the centers of hub for that city. I'm telling you, it, when things happen, good or bad, they either celebrated it or they went and prayed over it at the church. They, everybody knew the pastor. Everybody knew the local church. Used to get directions by where the church was. If you want to you go down to that restaurant, you know where old First Baptist Church is. Go down there to First Baptist, turn right. There's a big old oak tree right there. Turn left, and there it is. Oh, yeah, we know where the church is. Nowadays, people drive. There are people that I have met that live in Blunt County that drive to Birmingham and have been doing that for years. And I try to tell, I meet them, and I try to tell them where we go to church. They have no clue where this church is. And they literally pass it every day. Have to end up saying, you know, it's got a big sign out there that glows so bright to blind you at certain times of the night. And it's got the two flags out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's your church. They don't know the name. They never took the time to look at it. They could care less. But let me tell you something. I remember the struggle of being in here with 10 people. We did exactly what was asked of us. I'm telling you right now, the people in this room will tell you the fact. 
We never had during those nine weeks even 11 people in this big giant thousand seat auditorium. We had 10 people including me. We did exactly what was asked of us to do. But on multiple of those days, we would leave here, go to Fultondale, and you couldn't even get in the gas station at Fultondale because people had run out of parking spots in Lowe's and they were parking in the gas station and in the closed down Applebee's restaurant so that they could walk from Applebee's to get inside Lowe's. I could only have 10 people in here, but I could stand right here. There wasn't room enough for people to stand six feet away. There's so many people in there redoing their honeydew list. Come on, somebody. Because I know what happened. Ladies will be like, okay, you're going to be home? Boy, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to work your tail if you're going to be at home. And all them jobs they've been promising, they had to finally do it. Am I preaching right, ladies? Some of y'all are like, well, you, I, that's what I was hoping. I'm just telling you, it just had a bad taste in my mouth when I saw Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's packed to capacity. And only 10 could be in the church. But here was the kicker. Here was the kicker. In the essential column was all package stores. Package stores do not sell honey buns. Package stores do not sell loaves of bread and peanut butter and jelly for your kids. Package stores, they put it on the sign outside, and one day, one of y'all going to get a revelation, they sell spirits. Well, huh? Are you trying to say drinking alcohol is a sin? I'm socially distant. Only one that could have got hit is her, and trust me, she's had my spit on her. I mean, I mean, wait, 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 wait. wait. I mean in her mouth when I kiss her. That's what I meant. Moving on. That's my wife, by the way, if you're visiting here today. <laughs> Woo! It's dangerous to give me a microphone sometime. This is what they said. Somebody questioned. Why is the package stores, listen to, the, listen to this. I promise you I heard this. Why are the package stores open and the churches are closed? This was the response. Because we understand the, the weight and the anxiety that is going to come on so many people of being out of work. That we can't risk people who are used to dealing with that anxiety with alcohol not having access to it and then taking their frustrations out in other ways on their family, on their kids, on their spouses. So we have to give them something to help them deal with the emotional downturn they're about to go. Hello, that is what the Holy Ghost is supposed to be about. Oh my God, what happened to where we forgot that the Holy Ghost, the power of God, the Word of God is supposed to change our lives. Come on somebody, you talking about helping you, you talking about getting you out of the dump. Weeping may be for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's what the Word said. Bless going in, bless coming out. That's what the Word said. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. That's what the Word said. How about we get to the point where we realize the power of... 
You know why the people felt so comfortable saying the church is not essential in a time of emotional downturn? It's because a long time ago, most people in the church have X'd the Holy Ghost out of their church. They put them in a back room. They put them in some kind of theological decoration on the website. And they've not given him the ability and the permission to move in the midst of their services. So nobody knows what it feels like to be moved by the Holy Ghost anymore because they've X'd him out. They've replaced the capital H holy, capital S spirit with the little s spirit. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you ain't figured it out by now, you at Solid Rock Church. This is what you're going to get. We don't tiptoe through the tulips. We tell it like it is. See, we learned that many pastors, I love you pastors, I've been called to pastor pastors, but I've watched some of your broadcasts, and I'm going to say it as plain as I can, not because I'm judging and I don't love you and I don't believe in your ministry, but I'm just trying to help you think about what you look like. You have turned your online broadcast into a 30-minute program of which 20 minutes you spend time about telling how people how they can give online to you. Mm-hmm. Got quiet on me. I'm sure it's a lot quieter on the other side of that screen, too. Listen, if you, if you plan on being on there 30 minutes and you're taking 20 minutes talking about how to make sure everybody knows how to give online, you're giving somebody a 10-minute little nugget in 20 minutes milking them, and you ain't, you ain't providing nothing in return except a 10-minute message, pastors, listen to me. People need a pastor. They don't need somebody that's just trying to keep their salary. Huh? I know you got to get paid. I know you got bills. I know you got a family. I don't begrudge that at all. I mean, I think you ought to be paid. A workman's worthy of his hire. But the reality is this. You need, you, your, your online church broadcast needs to be more than a giant scrolling words of how to give all the time. You need to give somebody a word from God. You need to show them the answer is the kingdom. Thank you very much. Hey, still take up your offer. By the way, right now, if you'd like to give any amount, you can give. You text any amount to 84321. You can always go to solidrockgive.com. Pay your tithes online, baby. We'll take it. Tithe on that stimulus check. Pastors. Do you know what the word pastor means? Shepherd. John 10 says this, but a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. But the, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Pastors, fight for your sheep. Remember when we said, what did we learn? Anyway, I'm stepping on some toes, I can tell you this. We learned that singing is more dangerous than laughing while standing in line at a grocery store. Hollering at your kids 
I've been spit on by mamas in Walmart through a mask. I'm going to tear you up when I get you home, boy. I was spit on. I think I was spit on by a lady early on in this. As I'm standing in line, turns around and looks at me and says, that don't look like six feet. I'm serious. She said, that don't look like six feet. I was probably approximately about five feet. I just simply said, oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I'm so sorry, ma'am. Have my mask on. Have my mask on. So I'm so sorry, ma'am. Just step back a few. She's just like. I started to say, I'm so sorry, Karen. No, I didn't. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful shout unto the Lord, all ye lands. Woo! Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I'm telling you what they sung in the midst of bondage. They sung in the midst of attack. They sung when they were wandering through the wilderness and, and attacks and pestilence was coming. They still sang a new song unto the Lord. I'm hurrying. I know I'm running out of time. I still got stuff to do at the end too. Don't let me forget. But let me just tell you, I'm going to, I want to bring it home right here. I'm coming down, I'm bring it home. As difficult as some of the things have been on the church, you need to get this. You have not experienced religious persecution. You have not. It's been frustrating. It's, I'm just trying to point out some things that I'm pointing out some things based on liberty and freedoms that the United States of America gives us. But now let me shift and say, as a believer... Almost every human being in this, in this country does not understand truly what religious persecution is. Opendoors.org is a, a site that I would encourage everyone to go to. Opendoors.org is a website that tracks religious persecution. This morning I looked at their latest updated statistics. The latest they have was 2019. I want you to listen to this. 2019, just one year ago. Basically, I know we're in 21. It's basically just one year ago. Over 260 million Christians are currently living in places where they experience high levels of persecution for their faith every day. 2,983 Christians were murdered and killed in 2019 simply for being a Christian. Murdered. 9,466 churches or other Christian buildings were attacked, bombed, and burned to the ground in our world. 3,711 believers were detained without trial, arrested, and sentenced or imprisoned for simply being a Christian. Just in 2019. That happens every year, and some years even more than that. That was only the numbers for 2019. So thousands of people around the world are simply saying, I'm a Christian, and they're being arrested. Now, I'm not a fear-monger preacher. I am, I am a hope, and I am a positive preacher. I know you might not think that today, but I am. 
Let me just tell you something. These days are coming to America. These days are coming to America. You're going to have to make a decision. I hope it don't happen in our generation. I hope it don't happen to any of you. But some of you are going to be in life and death situations over your faith. Some of you are going to have the risk of losing your job over your faith. Some of you are going to be at the risk of being um, kicked out of the place where you live or rent because of your belief. Not because you persecuted anyone else or spoke against anyone else, simply for being a believer in the United States of America. It's going to become, and it's a trick of the devil, it's all part of his plan, to convince us all that we still got Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and fill in the blank, all these different Snapchat, Instagram. We still got all of those to get the gospel out. Until we don't. Until we don't. Do you think the people that are at the highest levels of decision, I don't even know if we're even still on Facebook at this point. They probably already shut me down. But the highest decision makers of Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, I could, Snapchat, whatever, all of the social media platforms that you know, TikTok, do you think the highest level decision makers of content how do you think they feel about this statement Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no one gets to heaven no one gets to the father no one avoids hell unless they come through me how do you think they feel about that statement do you because that statement says Every other religion is leading you down the wrong path. The Christian faith says this. Jesus says, I'm not going to share my glory with anyone. There's not many paths to heaven. There's one path to heaven. The repentance of sins to Jesus Christ, who was, who was God, who became flesh, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, shed his blood for our sins, was put into a borrowed tomb, and three days later came back from the dead, resurrected from the dead, is sitting in glorified, resurrected form at the right hand of God, saying, unless you come through me, you're not going to heaven. How do you think those people really feel about that statement? They, we're on their platform. Siri was just triggered by what I just said. Do you? She just. I'm listening. What she just said. I'm not sure I understand. Well, duh. Did you get that, Siri? Oh, you're going to go away now. She said, I'm listening. I didn't get that. I'm not quite sure I understand. No, you don't understand. But we understand. Come on, give him a praise. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. Raise your hands all over this house. Say, Jesus, I confess you. Come on, say it. I confess you. 
I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm asking you to forgive me of any sin because you're the only one who can forgive me of my sin. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, give him a shout of praise all over this house.